0: But the thing that really gets me and what I want to spend the next few minutes talking about is the degree of grace that Joseph showed Mary before he ever heard from the Lord. Wendy just came up here and talked about what Mary must have been feeling like. But man, what a job for Joseph. Look at this verse. Let's read through some scripture. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that just, that just we, we know what that means. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolve, even though he had every right to, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You see, the scripture says, and we know clearly, that Joseph knew she was pregnant, but he did not know that it was from the Holy Ghost. You can't blame him for that one. Keep in mind, as Wendy mentioned, that all the evidence suggests that she's run around on him, and the consequent of that was a humiliating and terribly painful death for her and great embarrassment and misfortune for Joseph. Let me paint you a picture here. A man and a woman fall in love. Joseph and Mary, they fall deeply, deeply, madly, head over heels in love. The same way that you and I have fallen in love in the past, or uh, there's some single people in here uh, that I believe there's going to be some fires started in this church. You're going to fall in love here eventually. I feel like the Christmas gala just did something. <laughs> I feel like a seed was planted. The feelings, the excitement, the butterflies, the anticipation, all that. You guys know what I'm talking about? All that stuff that goes into that new relationship was probably present. But then, one day, you find out that your lady, your pride and joy, this girl that you've fallen for and given your heart to, is pregnant with somebody else's kid. Butterfly's gone. Different type of butterfly. Man, you know what I mean. (laughs) Not only has she betrayed you, but she has also turned her back on the God that you both Claim to love and to follow and have given your life to. This is a big, big problem. Men, can you imagine being in this situation? I think there's probably a large number, maybe the majority of us in here or watching online, that if this happened, even to us today, as righteous as we like to think we are, the deal's off. You can kick rocks. That'll be it. Making amends or lending an understanding ear isn't an option. It's time for you to go. I don't need to pray about it. Like you messed all the way up. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you see what I'm saying? But look at what happens next in the nick of time. But as he considered these things, behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife." What was he afraid of? Because she she would have been the one in jeopardy, right? Fear of shame, fear of humiliation. You know how embarrassing that is that when somebody else would find that out about you? Like, you're not worthy enough, you're not special enough to be fit. Fa- you guys know what I'm talking about? The angel says, Don't fear to take her as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Pause right there. Today, you and I, we are in the church age, and man, we have the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. We have the power of the Spirit, miracles, signs, wonders. We have access to all of that. And I would say for a lot of us in here, that's rather normal. Maybe not so much for you. Maybe you're at a different place right now in your walk with Christ, but the power of the Spirit that, that's, that should be a normality to see that. We expect that. Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, all these wonderful things. It wouldn't have been super common for them at that time. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. Tongues of fire have not fallen on anybody yet. God would still have been moving. Please hear me. God was still around and present and doing incredible things. We read that through the whole Old Testament. But for, for this angel to tell Joseph, hey, the Holy Spirit did it. There would have been something in Joseph that would have been like, wait a second. What are you talking about? This Holy Spirit made my wife pregnant. Next verse. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. That's important. And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, meaning they didn't come together. Uh, He knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. One interesting fact about this is... It was up to the dad, and I'll say biological dad. That just would have been normal back then. It was up to the father to name their child. This would have been a, meant a great deal to the dad to pick a name for their sons. And, and names back then meant more than they mean. Right now, we pick a name because we like the way it sounds, right? Because it's like unique and catchy and all that. But back then, there was real deep meaning behind names. So this angel pops in and tells Joseph, this is is what you are going to call your son. You don't get a say in it. That would, have, that, that would have been really hard for a father to accept. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a little bit different back then. But you see, Jesus' biological dad <laughs> was God. And God got to decide what Jesus' name was. And God calls Jesus God with us. Emmanuel, think about that. That's something that no human father ever could have named their son in any truthful or meaningful way. I'm gonna name my son God with us. I'm gonna name my son God. That's something only the father could have done. This is bigger than you think it is. But the angel showing up to Joseph wasn't just about orders and commands, because it kind of sounds like the angel put Joseph in his place. Like he just showed up and said, tough luck, this is what you're gonna do. So when the angel shows up, it wasn't just about telling him what to do. Think about the relief that Joseph would have felt when he found out that the woman to which he was giving his life did not, in fact, run around on him. She was faithful. And it may not have made any sense to Joseph, but just imagine how thrilled he must have been to know that this woman that he planned to have a life with and children with was with him and for him, and she didn't lie. And for the majority of Jesus' childhood, most likely Joseph would have been there, raising his son, loving his son, teaching his son, leading his son. You guys know that story? You may have heard this story. Jesus is 12 years old. And we, we really know very, very, extremely little about Jesus from the time he was born to when his ministry started. And when I get, I cannot, I would, I just and we've said this before like when i get to heaven the first question probably not you're probably just going to be so overcome with the love of the father and the glory that you're just going to sprint to the throne of jesus and fall on your face you're going to sprint to the father that, that that's what i think we're going to do but i really i really would like to know more about his life what was it like raising And what did he you know did he did, he, did he, we know he didn't sin but did he you know was he kind of honry or well, what, what was the deal you know <laughs> but there's this story when Jesus is 12, and every year they'd go to Jerusalem, and at that time they most likely traveled in caravans. Not most likely, they definitely did. It wasn't just you know four people like we do today traveling in a van across the country. There would have been a lot of people that they would tra- their family, their friends, their community would have been traveling to and from, and at this point, uh, most likely... Um, Uh, Jesus' half-brothers would have been there. And so they're in Jerusalem, and uh, Jesus is in the temple. And it says he was growing in wisdom and in stature, and he was asking questions in the temple, and people were confounded at the wisdom of this 12-year-old young man. And so Mary and Joseph leave, questionable parenting, but they leave. And they get a few days away, or a day away, and then realize Jesus isn't here. And so they go back, and they find Jesus in the temple. And Jesus' response is just perfect. He said, what's the problem? Don't you know I'm going about my father's business? Whoa! I like to think Jesus was a little ornery. But Joseph was around during, during that time. And it's important to know that Jesus was fully God. We, Jesus was fully God and fully man. But what he did here on earth, what he did for you and I, that sacrifice and going to the cross and the miracles that he worked, he did as a man with the same spirit that we have access to. Think about that. Scripture tells us the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. And as Jesus is living and growing, he's working as a man with the presence and the power of the Spirit of God. And that's just a confounding, that's just, it's, it's almost unfathomable, unfathomable to think that we have access to that today. Joseph and Mary were, the original protectors, they were the original caregivers, they were the original ambassadors of Christ long before Paul ever wrote about it. And it was in the years following the birth of Jesus that these two incredible people, Mary and Joseph, got to steward this gift, the gift of the Savior, who would go on to save the world from sin. God could have done this any way that God wanted to do it, but he did it through two people that were just like you and I, flawed, broken, and in need of the very Redeemer that they were raising. This is big stuff. This could be a whole series talking about Mary and Joseph. Worship team, you can come up here. Um, Does anybody feel like maybe you know something about Mary and Joseph that you didn't know before you got here? Because I know that as I was studying this and, and, and reading into this, it was very interesting for me to learn about some of this stuff. We, we, we don't often think about the reality of what it would have been like if you were there. What would you have done if you had to raise the Savior of the world? They felt those emotions. And we're going to talk about the rest of the story on Christmas morning, which I'm super excited about. We're going to talk about Jesus. But today, Wendy and I just wanted... To, to paint a picture. We wanted there to be an emphasis on the humanity and the reality of Jesus' parents. We wanted to paint this scene of Christ, this, this picture of Christ, to, to bring in and to realize the humanity of the situation that, that Jesus stepped into and the reality of what it means for you and I, and it's this. This is the whole point of the whole thing when you think about Mary and Joseph. You ready for this? It's... Profound. It was real. It was raw. There was absolutely nothing glamorous about the circumstance that preceded the birth of Jesus. Nothing. But even in the midst of the mess, totally confused and walking through a situation that was absolutely unfathomable and insanely unlikely. They said yes. They said yes on their own individually. God before everything else. Because they knew the scriptures they'd been reading and the stories they'd heard from their family before them that eventually, when this baby isn't in a manger anymore, he would go on to do what nobody else could do, and that is to close the distance, to be the redeemer of the world, to go on to save humanity from their sin, to wash us, to cleanse us, to cover us in the blood of their son, Jesus. And as we go into this Christmas season, we too should be saying yes It may not make much sense to us. Our whole lives may look like a total mess, but God, you have my yes. God knew the exact situation that Jesus was being born into, and he knows the exact situation that you're walking through this morning. Jesus understands all your dysfunction listen to me he didn't come into this shiny world he didn't come into this polished society this put together family he was born to parents that almost got divorced and a mother that narrowly escaped with their life Jesus knows you and he understands you and all he wants is yes before you know the rest Jesus has been there he's been where you are when Jesus was growing up, the, the other kids his age in the community most likely would have been jabbing at him and poking at him as an illegitimate child. Jesus understands. Maybe you're in high school right now. Maybe, maybe you're in college. Maybe you're at a workplace that is less than ideal work conditions. Jesus understands the raw, real nature of life. He's intimately acquainted with all the details and he cares because he walked through it.